Alrighty, righty, righty. Yeah, we'd like to have these today, please. Okay, so we'd like to have these today. If you absolutely don't have anything and you're still praying, asking the Lord, then uh, feel free to hold on on. Yes. Okay. Yep, so that number three, what do you think our church name could be? There's just a few options that we've seen around the country, but uh, it's a small little town. Very exciting. Yeah, if they stole some of your ideas, don't repeat them. We already we already have those in the database. We're ready to go. Jesus, thank you. Well, I want to pick up where I left off two weeks ago and just kind of this short mini-series here, Everyone Matters, and review just a couple things from that. But I want to say, Dean, thank you again for your uh, great message this last week. Had some wonderful feedback uh, from some people. They just said, you know, I've never heard that before. Somebody had been there for the first time. But it, it, it set them free in ways that, you know, who's got a long past and history with, with all of us, but had never heard that message just of the freeing gospel of Jesus Christ in His Holy Spirit. So, yeah. Amen. Well, uh Holy Spirit, we do commit this time, we commit your gospel to our ears that it would go in, get into our heart deeply, and that we would be changed, that we would not be the same, we would not walk out of here uh, the same way, but that we would be transformed into your likeness more and more. Thank you, Lord, for your church. We bless you. Amen. Amen. Well... First of all, uh, one of the things that is in, you know, as we look at life, we have a lot of different relationships. If we could narrow things down to two categories, not to uh, make relationships somehow utilitarian, but we've basically two categories of relationships, those that are provisional and those that are optional. So we have certain optional relationships. What could that be an example of? like, you know, I like you, but, you know, I'm, I'm not forced to necessarily uh, live life with you. Those would be that type of thing. It would be maybe a, a teammate, you know, at, at school, uh, classmates, different things. Those are optional relationships. You're not going to live life, you know, forever and beyond with them. But then there's provisional relationships. And that would be defined by those relationships that God has specifically given to us. And they are not optional. 
So what would be an example of that? It's a little bit easier to, to identify those. Help me out. Yeah, parents, you, you can't disown your parents. I mean, you can try to do it legally, but before God, your dad's always going to be your dad, your mom's always going to be your mom, you know, no matter who they are. Okay? Even if you never know them, they're, they're still there and there's still that connection because part of them is in you. What else? What else? Okay, children, uh, marriage, not an option. Um, that's a provisional relationship from God. What man has joined together, let no man tear apart. Okay? And you were saying? Okay, the body here. If, if, and that's the big question that we want to try and get to, if God has joined us together, is there anything that man can do to separate? So, if we're a part of this body, if He's called us to be part of this body or the halfway Baptist church or wherever it is, do we have a revelation that that is where God has called us to be, that that's part of our family, that we cannot disown those brothers and sisters? Now, families do transition and move to different parts of the country and and different things like that. Zion was just here sharing wonderfully. Wasn't that amazing what she shared with us? I know we were all impacted by that. And she was sharing, but, you know, the Lord moved her to the other side of the world and, you know, for a season and may end up moving her permanently. I don't know. And uh, so those are that those kinds of things happen. But we're still family regardless. Amen. Um, Last week or two weeks ago, love, relationship, team, community. Um, All of these things are hard work, but it is some of the most rewarding work that we can ever do. We talk about marriage being the the hardest work you'll ever love to do. It's true. And parenting, same type of thing. Very, very difficult and challenging at times, but some of the most rewarding. And we just, you know, Lisa and I are like, wow, the kids that we get to have. The kids that we get to have. And we tell them that. Man, so great being your dad and your mom. Daddy's special time. Take the kids out, um, you know, five days a week. Every, every kid knows their morning. And we're going out. And it's like, I love being your dad. I love telling them that. I love that God made me your dad. They're going to be my, my sister and my brother someday. Because there's no grandkids in the kingdom of God. It's just one family of sons and daughters. When I get to heaven, what, how am I going to give a report about how I treated them? Oh, remember when I did this to you? You know, <laughs> those, types of, those types of questions and memories. God purged those things once we get to heaven. <laughs> we use the uh, analogy of a workout gym, you know, of CrossFit. You know, we don't always see the, ro- the results right away of, of relationship. It takes time to, to build those things. It takes time to build these types of guns, let me tell you. It takes time. Takes effort, takes consistency getting in the gym. I don't appreciate you laughing either. Some of you are smirking and what we put into something is what we get in what we get out of it. Whether Andrew shows up at the gym with me to uh, be my workout partner or not. But depending on our perspective about those provisional relationships. We, are, we can view them either as pain or privilege. It's like, oh, or yes, 
this is great. This is great. Every time we work things through with the, oh, we get deeper, we get stronger in those relationships. And uh, so I want to uh, pick up something. I did tell you that we would see a little bit more. We're going to watch a little bit over a minute here of uh, just a video. But um, going back to uh, these workouts, go ahead, John, play that for me. volume. Some people get in the gym and just don't ever do anything. guys like the, uh, you know, the, the, the epic fail of all that weight that he's lifting, he's got, nobody's, he's got nobody with him. There's no team involved, you know, in the workout. And the weight of life that we often experience, as Sue was referring to this morning, who do we have in our corner? Who do we have around us that uh, we can rely on to help us when we get in a jam? There's another one I, I was going to show, but uh, we didn't have time. But there's this guy and he's working out. Why these people video themselves? I have no idea. But uh, he's videoing himself. He's down in his basement. He's got all this weight and he's got it on his back. He's down there and all of a sudden he realizes he can't do it anymore. And he's down on his knees and all of a sudden he's like, Mom! <laughs> At least Mom was there to bail him out. But there's things that are a lot more important and a lot more weighty uh, on our lives than these weights here. You know, and some of us, as we're going through life, you know, we're, we look like the guy on the rowing machine. You know, he's just, you know, I can't really mimic what he was doing here, but uh, 
But you know, we need somebody to come up to us and be able to say, um, can I help you with that? Because I could really help you maximize what it is that you're doing there. I mean, I, I would imagine Davis, if working at the Y and stuff, he's got a few of these videos that he could post. Um, but we're, we're designed for team, for community. Literally, we die without it. We die without it. Lisa and I have often said, as you know, we go through the things that we go through, we said, what would people do without family and community? They don't. They don't. They die a thousand deaths day after day after day. And uh, because they have no one, they're so isolated. Our bodies are made up of individual parts, all completely interdependent upon the other one. I mean, that's a great example of how this works. And I wanted to share with you just briefly here out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul is talking about instruction on public worship and what happens when we gather together. And he goes into the gifting of the body in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians uh, verse 4. Now there are different types, different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same Holy Spirit who is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service in the church, but it is the same Lord we are serving. There are different ways God works in our lives, but it's the same God who does the work through all of us. Same God who does the work through all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. How many of you have a spiritual gift? At least one. Everybody should have their hands raised right now because it says a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Everybody raise their hand. William, you got one? Okay, do you know what it is? That's okay, no worries. A spiritual gift is given to each of us as a means of helping the entire church lift the weights that we face, supporting one another, being there for one another. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Anybody in here have that? Oh yeah, I got that one. To another, He gives the gift of special knowledge. The Spirit gives special faith to another. Ah, I love that one. You know, you just it's hard for you to believe anything. And just somebody comes up with just the, hey, you know what? It's going to work out. It's going to be okay. And all of a sudden, you're just infused. And, and oftentimes when I am, you know, in a place of weakness, Lisa, God gives that to Lisa and to one another and to our friends as we're going through the different things. We'll just get a phone call. It's like, how did you know? Well, God knows. And the Spirit's giving those gifts to one another. Spirit gives special faith to another, someone else. He gives the power to heal the sick. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and to another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to know whether it is really the Spirit of God or another spirit that is speaking or what you had for breakfast that morning. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages and another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Now, these aren't the only gifts. These are just some that he's rattling off right here. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Continuing at verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one body. So we have the universal church, which has the parts of individual parts of the local churches that make that up. But we also have the local church, which is made up of many parts here. So we got spleens over here. We got, you know, kidneys and, you know, all kinds of things. We have the whole body hopefully represented. And we're not a full expression 
of what God's desire and purpose is for this people. Some are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are Nelsons, some are Rays, some are Walkers, some are Ames. Some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into Christ's body by one Spirit, praise God, and we have all received the same Spirit. Yes, the body has many parts, not just one. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm only an ear and not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? Go down to verse 18. But God made our bodies with many parts, and He has put each part where He wants it. I love that. What a strange thing a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Last verse here. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Gifts. Who has gifts here? Who do you, who do you as you look around, I want you to look around the room here. I want you to help us identify different gifts. Don't worry if somebody doesn't say your name and identify it, just because maybe it's not clear enough to everyone. But as you look around, what gifts do you see in different people? I'd like different ones to call it out and just say, you know, go for it, Rama. Okay, Jen, Jen, Jeanette Starr has a gift of prophecy. Okay, and that, that was one of the gifts that Paul identified. Yes, Mary has a gift of anybody. Okay, we get cards from this girl all the time. She loves on us, blesses us so much. That's exactly right. What else? Yeah. Don Walker. Doc, Don Walker has wisdom. Yes, he does. Anybody been a recipient of Don Walker's wisdom? Absolutely. Yeah, Bruce. Okay, Sinclair's discernment and wisdom. Absolutely, Dean. Gary has a gift of helps. Absolutely. Yes, for sure. Anybody else? Yeah, August. Dean and Sue, kindness. Yeah, you just feel the gush of God all over you when you get around them, don't you? And that's most people's response when they touch Dean and Sue's life. They just, they love, people love that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Glenn helped organizations, he said. Glenn, he helps me keep my life organized. Sue. Okay, Lauren Ray, generosity. We have boxes back here behind this stage that are here is because Lauren has been a conduit of, of God's generosity that is going to go out from here to people in need and even to people in our congregation. Okay, a lot of people hospitality. They love having people in their home and they'll take the shirt off their back, you know, if they have an undershirt on to be able to... Yep, Cunningham's are one of them. Yep. Okay, Lisa. Andrew and Kim, gift of administration. What would all us artsy people do without administrative gifts? Holy smokes. Our lives would be chaos. Yes. Absolutely, Bob Nelson helps. I mean, this guy, I've, I've talked to Bob, sat down, we've you know gotten together a few times, and, 
and just hearing him, of course, he's, he's an automotive specialist, and the way he's able to look at something and diagnose a problem and give you a result, and the human body is made up in a similar way to, you know, the, the different parts, you know, that you would look at at, a, at an automobile. And I've seen him, heard him sit there and diagnose issues, you know, in people's lives and be able to help them. And uh, it's been super cool, just his experiences. They've been getting, they go out to this um, sports bar sometimes there. And I, he comes back with these stories, testimonies about, you know, how he's just been reaching out to people, touching people. And, and uh, so it's been a phenomenal. I love seeing these gifts released in people's lives. And you'll notice they're not all within the context of this room when we gather together, but as we're going as well. That's an important thing that we need to see. Sometimes we get stuck in the mindset that's all within just a Sunday morning. It's not. Life is so much bigger than even this. True story. Intercession, right here. That's uh, Lee and Louise Ray. Yep. Okay, Rod and Ember, prayer and worship. Great intercessor. Sue. Are you kidding me? Acts of service. Yes. Unbelievable. Tracy, same way. Tracy, send the heart sisters. Yep. Ember. Chuck. Yep. Healing and evangelism. Yep. Boldness. Heart boys, hard work. Absolutely. Where'd they get that from? Their dad. Yeah, their dad and their mom, for sure. Hard working. Hey, you guys, I need to be able to preach, okay? So could you... Glenn. Mm. Silent leader. And you know, when, when you get him, and I'm, even in the small group stuff, worship team's been meeting together, our once a month gatherings. And the gold that comes out of this dude is off the hook. I'm telling you, it is, it is really powerful. And, uh, you know, this, I'm not flattering him at all. I'm, I said that to the group. It's like, Oh, man. And everybody who was there, you know, can, can nod their head. He's a real great exhorter, too, just calling people to, um, like we were singing, you know, just to give everything to Jesus. Everything to Jesus. You know, as uh, the, the gift of the body is, there are abundant examples, and we could just keep going of, of different times when people have reached out to us and helped us, specific gifts. So we identified gifts in different people, which is so helpful for us to hear because some of us have a hard time believing. It's like, oh, wow, I really do. I do have that gift. That's right. That's the way God's made me. And we get to now develop those gifts and go beyond uh, even the things that, you know, we thought were possible with that. So, um, but examples of the the gift of the body to one another. I'm thinking about what we went through, Mom, you know, with, with Dad going through fight, his fight with cancer and, and all that. You were such an amazing gift to us. And that's just a huge highlight in, in our lives of what God did in terms of bringing us all together and how you blessed us, you were there over and over and over again. And that's God's gift to all of us. To be aware. Some of you are the ones who are going to discern the needs. And then let the administrators know how to organize and mobilize people into this army of love and blessing and support 
to surround them. Powerful. Some of the things that as we connect, live life with one another in community, some of the things that are fruits of that is number one, that we're sharpened. As iron sharpens iron, so a brother sharpens a brother. Proverbs talks about, well, how? How does that happen? Well, sometimes it happens by grading on one another. There's a reason why they, he used that analogy of iron sharpening iron. That's not this nice little, oh, that's cute. You know, iron cute little sharpening. No, that's, there's a grinding that takes place. And uh, that's how we get stronger working through some of those things. How many appreciate that part of life? Yeah, right. (laughs) But it's necessary, isn't it? It's necessary. It's the gift of this grading, this iron sharpening iron is the gift of learning how to play with the other kids on the playground. That's what it's about. And we don't lose that need as we get older. You know, we got to learn how to play with the other kids on the playground, moving past that thing of, you know what, I didn't get my way, so I'm going to take my toys and go home. See, we can do that on the playground because that's an optional relationship. But when we're talking about provisional relationships from God, we're forced to stay and work it out. We have to stay and work it out. Um, How many times, you know, looking at the epistles, Paul is constantly working in conflict resolution with the people, with the churches. Because life with the church and with one another in any type of relationship is not this blissful thing. It's good old iron sharpening iron. Uh, We can never say, as Paul said there in 1 Corinthians 12, I can never say, I don't need you. Can I also add, we cannot say, I don't need you until I need you. Uh, I, don't, I don't really need the body until I really need the body. The investment that's required along the way to get there, that's part of the return that comes when we are in need ourselves. Making those investments in one another. Number two is the opportunity to think differently than others and appreciate those differences. Boy, oh boy, I have been so set in my ways sometimes in my perspective. And then I sit down with somebody and I get together with Don or Damien or Bob or whoever and I like realize, oh, maybe I don't really believe that. That sounded really good in my head. But then when I got an opportunity to articulate my thoughts, I realized, you know what? I've got an ungodly belief. I've been doing the workout wrong. I'm only going to get that being in the context of community. It's a gift. Number three, see and know God in a different way than our own narrow perspective. Again, lights are going on. And that happened. Dean was sharing. The young man that, you know, had that light go on. If he's not there, if he's not connecting with community and engaging in those different ways, how is he going to get that life? God can do it in any way, but he chooses to do it through community most of the time. Wow, praise God. How many know there's a big difference between I bought the t-shirt and earning the team jersey? (laughs) I went to uh, Cedar Park uh, where our kids attend school this year and went to a football game. And, you know, you've seen these high school guys come out there and they are just 
oh, you know, they're so fired up. Why? Because they have been laying their blood, sweat, and tears on the line five, six days a week, you know, all burns, everything, you know, banging away at one another, um, doing all these different things, preparing for this big game. They're pumped. They earned the jersey. They were there in the trenches. They made it happen. And there's a level of pride that, you know, comes over you when you have that. Not arrogance, but a righteous pride. A sense of, yes, we're a team. We did this. We've been grunting it out together. And now we're going to lay it all in the field together. There's a, there's a great reward that comes with that type of thing after you've worked hard together that way. And uh, I, I love... I love sports. I've been involved in sports uh, all my life. You never know quite what's going to happen. And, you know, is it going to be a, a fumble, a, a pick six for a touchdown? Um, you know, last week's game with the Seahawks, it was really fun, you know, watching different things except for them losing at the end. But, uh, you know, some of those things that special teams were doing, all of a sudden, you didn't want, want to leave. If you had to go to the bathroom, it, you held it. it. It didn't matter because you never knew what was going to happen uh, in the game. And when, how else would we grow spiritually unless we live life with other believers? It could be that some of us are packing it way too tight in terms of our schedule. Not making room for community involvement in life together. Ask Holy Spirit. Ask Holy Spirit, do you need to open up your schedule, make room more, so that you can have these types of interactions with one another? Sometimes we don't feel like we need that until we actually need it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there. We learn humility, gentleness, patience, developing the character of Christ as we relate within the body of Christ. It just doesn't happen any other way. How important is participation? Both in the gathering and the going. How important is that? How important is it that we not just show up here, but we come as full-on participants. I, I couldn't have preached it any better in terms of what we saw on display. And yet, there's so much more that hap- than even what happened this morning. The lineup of different people that were interacting, that were hearing Holy Spirit, that you know came ready to give and pour out. I don't know about you, I was, I was standing there just... And I was being edified. Edifice being built up. I was being built up in my spirit, encouraged. Like, dang, this is great. I did not see that coming. Wow, that was unpredictable. And there's so much more. What could it look like in the context? And let's just use this one because it's easy. What could it look like in the context of this gathering when we're here together that would... be a reflection of those gifts being released here. And we saw that. Jeanette was releasing some prophetic aspects this morning. Sue was being, you know, the goo of God. And just, you know, she was just saying, I just, I just want to encourage you guys. And I say that, obviously, in the best way. I love that. Uh, it's so true, isn't it? Oh, it's so true, the goo. Um, no, they just gush on you and you feel so important. Uh, 
But what could that look like in this context? When we're in worship at uh, different times, um, what could that look like in terms of, of ministry to the body? Raise your hand. Yes. So during the meet and greet time, going up and, and giving a word to somebody, just a, a word of encouragement. You know, Paul says the different types of prophetic. You're like, wow, I'm not a prophet. Yeah, most people aren't. Or a lot of people aren't, but they do have a prophetic gift. So there's a difference between those things. And so he says to edify, to comfort, to build up, okay? Uh, to, or to encourage, comfort, and edify. It's not flattery. It's to edify and build up, though. So, w- what could that look like more? Yes. Coffee and donuts, yep. Coffee and donuts are definitely one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Let me consolidate what you're saying just for the audio. But yeah, the, the, the chairs and the different things, the snacks and, you know, beverages and stuff that come in, it's not, that's very spiritual. Very spiritual. I've been encouraging the worship team. I've just been sensing the Lord breaking this out even more. But what could it look like if, if Skylar came off? You know, he's sitting there drumming away and all of a sudden he just... Somebody, you know, the Lord highlights somebody to him and he comes off the drums and, you know, it's in the middle of worship and he just, he just comes over, you know, to Don and just, Don, I just want to encourage you with this word. And, and uh, he just releases that, prays over him, then goes back and gets on the drums. You know, somebody else is standing back here and they're, they're worshiping and, you know, they see somebody over here and they just say, you know, I just have a word of knowledge for you. I believe the Holy Spirit is just saying this to you. You, you've had a rough week and he, I just want you to know, you know, some, something really specific along those lines. Coming up to the mic and, and sharing different, uh, different things that the Lord has put on your heart. Yeah, Glenn. Yeah. Good. Seeing more people just moving past the fear and getting up and sharing different things. And uh, so next week, Glenn will start coming up and just tapping you on the shoulder to let you know that it's your time to get up there. Share those things. One more. Just a simple tuck, uh, simple tuck, a simple hug. Just sharing those things. All right, one more, Damien. And really, it's to kind of tuck along with what they're saying over here. It, it's really your heart's intent. I mean, are you coming up out of 
Yeah. Very good. Very good. Participation is huge. Showing up, being here, being involved. You know, please don't hear this in a utilitarian way, but attendance, participation, all those things are key. It makes such a difference. It really does. Imagine the, um, how important is participation to the Seahawks games? But that's football. Yeah, but this is the body of Christ. This is church. This is church. Not going to it, but being it. So, how about if there was only a few hundred people showing up at a hot game? Okay, football football teams have gone through those types of seasons before. Maybe a couple thousand people in the stands. It's demoralizing. Most people are yelling at you, throwing stuff at you, rather than cheering for you. And, but how how important is participation from Microsoft standpoint, Amazon, different companies like that? I would love to see a greater level of pride expressed in the family of God. That's my family. We don't always get along, but that's my family. That's my family. If you're hearing condemnation in any of that, you're missing the point completely. Hopefully it communicates that you are valued. First and foremost, by Jesus. He's the pastor of this church. We don't show up for people. We show up for Him. We show up because, because He's called us. And again, showing up can just be kind of that, oh, I'm just showing up. That's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about per- participation, engagement, giving of our hearts, contributing our part. Every play, every player... Can you imagine not showing up to contribute their part? I remember uh, playing basketball at Hillsdale College and some of the, we didn't see this really in, in high school, but, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the guys, you know, showing up to practice drunk. I mean, just, they're still drunk. It's like they drink some water and the alcohol is going through them. They drink so much. And this is the night before practice, night before a game. You see, there's something really wrong with that. And it wasn't this whole thing of, hey, you're required to do this. There was nothing like that. It was a thing of, dude, we want to win. We want to win. You are valuable to this team. Some of them, you know, having stayed up all night and they're just exhausted. They, they can't even think straight. Practically fallen asleep on the court. Because there wasn't an investment of wow, I'm going to take this seriously, my place on the field or my place on the court. Let's uh, finish off with this scripture. I love this in Romans chapter 12. Where are you, Romans? Romans chapter 12, starting in... Verse 3. As God's messenger, I give you each this warning. 
Be honest in your estimate of yourself, measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of His one body, and each of us has different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. Say, we belong to each other. And each of us needs all the others. Say, each of us needs all the others. God has given us the ability to do certain things well. He's writing to these Christians, these believers, this church in Rome. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, man, speak out. When you have faith that God is speaking through you, I would add to that, come with a level of expectation. Come with something ready. Asking the Lord, are you, are, you, are you wanting to release something through me? You know, and prophetic things are not things that just happen on the fly. A lot of times we think, oh, that's not prophetic because I was in there studying this last week. Listen, Malachi, Jeremiah, uh, Isaiah, all those guys, they got the word from the Lord. They wrote it all down. And then at one point they delivered it fully baked to the people. So this is not just this spontaneous thing that has to happen. All right? If your gift is that of serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, do a good job teaching. If your gift is to encourage others, do it! I like how he puts an exclamation point after the encouragers. If you have money, share it generously. Give. Be a big giver. I would even say, scratch that part about sharing. But be a giver. Have a giving heart in any way possible. You see somebody, some of you, God's given you extra money. And the Lord's going to put it on your heart because He's saying this is a spiritual gift. Just to walk up to somebody and give them a $100 bill. It's happened to me before. And it happened at just the right time that I needed it. It's like, whoa. What an incredible gift. You see, I love what Dean was saying. Listen, it's not just all this spiritual thing like I've got this, you know, deal for you. Very simple things like that. And if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend that you love each other. Verse 9, really love them. I love the way Paul talks, you know. Don't just pretend you love others. Really love them, right, Damien? That's right, genuine. Even with all your faults, you're never going to be perfect. Get over yourself. Get over the person next to you. It's never going to happen. So we just have to continue to give. We don't wait until we're all fixed up. We just give out of wherever we're at. Hate what's wrong. Stand on the side of good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. Oh, Everyone, every part of the team... The community, family matters. What if we had the audio team just decided not to show up? It's happened before, but it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> the video team or, you know, whomever, part of the band. Like, where's the drummer today? Where's the beats? I decided to take time off. You know, I, I just, you know, Skylar, man, that, the dude is here all the time, serving, giving himself continually Uh, different ones and I'm just pointing him out but there's many others 
And uh, Lee Ray, Lee Ray is such a gift. He and Louise come in here. All these chairs that you're sitting in, uh, you know, he's faithfully setting up these chairs. You know what? I tell you, we could use some young bucks to come in and help us set up some chairs. What a great opportunity to say amen. Children's ministry, we don't see those people. They're behind the scenes. Can we? Great. And we need more. We need more people, not just people with kids. We need everybody with kids to be in there serving on a rotation. But we need everyone uh, else to jump in. How many here can communicate with children? Absolutely. If you've ever talked to a kid before, you're qualified for the children's ministry. But just as, you know, to be able to go in there, support, and, and really encourage them, it is a wonderful opportunity. You matter. You are important. You are valuable, first and foremost, to our senior pastor, Jesus Christ, and to this body. The gifts that you have matter. Your participation, your involvement, coming, showing, being here, inside this room and outside of this room, it matters. It matters. It matters. Amen. Stand with me, would you? I love this church. I, I love you as a people. I, I, I'll say it. I know I'm going to say it again. You know, from planting this church, um, which we did not do uh, in terms of Lisa and I, we did it as in us as a people. And people ask, you know, because they want to know, hey, pastor, how rough is it out there? You know, the things that you go through. And it's like, it's not all a cakewalk, but we have the most incredible people here. The most incredible people here in this church. Thank you for responding to the Lord. Not to people, not to, you know, anything. And all the things that are shared over the pulpit in different places, we take those things to the Lord. Lord, what are you calling me to do? As a result of who you call me to be, what are you calling me to do? We do it through grace, by grace, by the power of His Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.